for you today. We have the confessions of a city mayor. Yes, that's right. I get to grill the mayor of Andover, Ohio on all the fun topics. COVID, fluoride in the water supply, and pretty much everything else. So lucky for us, this mayor also loves conspiracy theories ghost stories, and has even seen a UFO. I mean, it's like a cornucopia of all my favorite things. So, we may not see eye to eye on everything, but as I always say, I love talking to people who don't always agree with me. Keeps me on my toes. So, Let me know what you think of this episode. Of course, leave five-star review if you love what I do. Let's roll right into it. All right, everyone, you are listening to the Cosmic Peach Podcast. I am your host, Julia, of course. And tonight we have on a very special guest. He is one of a kind and exclusive to Cosmic Peach Podcast. So who am I talking about? I'm talking about Mr. Jerry DeBell, who is the current mayor of Andover and also works for a private water company. Got a lot of questions about that, but... Lucky for us, he is also a longtime conspiracy UFO ghost enthusiast. So, Jerry may be spilling the tea on some of our favorite subjects. So, Mr. Mayor, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm so excited for this one. Yes, I just want to see your brain. <laughs> oh, there's, there's a lot to pick. I got a lot going on. So, you can uh, fire mm-hmm. away. Well, I mean, so... Obviously, I said you're the mayor of Andover, but this is in Ohio for those of us that don't know. And how in the world did you get to this point? Did you always, was it like a childhood dream or like, how did this come about? Yeah, it it has something to do with a, a childhood dream. My father was actually the village administrator for the town that I'm the mayor of, you know, and basically I just would hear him come home and complain about how these elected officials don't do anything. Um, so my whole life, I've always been into politics. Uh, I think in the fourth grade, I would drive my teacher nuts talking about politics. She's like, somebody your age doesn't need to worry about that. So in 2016, I actually ran for the village council and I won the election. Um, I, I started there. I did it for four years and, you know, uh, throughout that time, I noticed the current mayor, just wouldn't do anything. You know, he was just there. I don't know for the title, but I kind of got pissed off. I'm like, you know, we can have so much for our small town, like, please do more. And he kind of refused to. So I said, okay, well, I'm just going to run against you for mayor. And I did, and I won. So, you know, that's kind of where we're at. And of course my term started in uh, January of 2020. And we all know what happened three months 
later in 2020, all, all hell broke loose in the world. So it's been, it's been a very rough uh, couple of years in politics, to be honest with you. Would you do it all over again? Um, if, if COVID never happened or if COVID still happened? No, with COVID, like everything stays the same. You could go travel back in time. Would you still run? Um, no, I would not. Okay. Um, just the fact, I mean, I love, I love it. It's, it's the honor of a lifetime to be able to serve the people and, and do my very best. But at the same time, it is uh, very tasking. It's, it's uh, a lot for a part-time job. It's, it's about the same as I put in for my full-time job. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, like I said, it, it is an honor of a lifetime, but there's a lot more to it than what meets the eye that people, Oh, you're just the mayor of a small town. Well, there's a lot more, a lot more to it. So um, I would have to say no. But do you think that it's a no, just because like everything that happened with COVID? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, okay. It, it basically, uh, it, it uh, changed the whole game uh, with the biggest thing that impacted our town was our emergency room closed. And um, it's 30 miles away to the next hospital, you know, so we had one ambulance. Holy shit. Yeah, we have one ambulance that covers six communities. And when we had an emergency room here, it was not a problem at all. That ambulance could drop somebody off. And if they needed transport, Life Flight would come in or another ambulance would come in. But now that ambulance is out of town. So now we rely on mutual aid to come from another town. So that could be anywhere from nine to 40 minutes away. Um, so I've been kind of pushing that really hard. Once I realized that the emergency room was not coming back and another hospital was not interested, I said, okay, the next best thing I can do is work on the ambulance service to get the people out of here at, at a decent time. So, and you know, that's, that, that's another challenge with politics because I've been fighting that with these other municipalities, you know, these guys have been in these seats for 20, 25 years. They're in their seventies. They're double my age. And it kind of pisses me off when they've never had to make a hard decision in their whole career, but now they have to make that one hard decision and they won't do it. Um, so, you know, they kind of get upset with me because I, I hold their feet to the fire. You know, it's like, what are you doing? Do something, you know, <laughs> we're not the Congress or the Senate, you know, you have to do something. So. What in the uh, world point was it to close your only emergency room? I think there was more to it than what meets the eye, to be honest with you, because there was over a hundred of them that closed all through the state of Ohio. And, you know, their, their first thing was we lost money in that first two weeks of the pandemic because everyone was afraid to go to the emergency room. So you mean to tell me two weeks of losing money just decided your entire, uh, your entire profit where you had to close, you know, I, I think there was more to it from the standalone emergency departments versus the emergency departments that are connected to a hospital, you know, because you go from there to a hospital, you know, it's, 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 and, you know, getting onto the conspiracy side, I think it's all about billing, I think, you know, to uh, where they can make that money because what I've seen is they really don't care about you. It's all about your money, you know, and dollar dollar bills, yo. Yeah. Yeah. Just for a second, Jerry, that I'm a complete idiot. It's not that hard. But who makes the ultimate decision, like, I'm closing this town's emergency room? Like, is it you? Like, who does that come from? It's it, basically it's a board decision from the hospital itself. You know, they look at the finances and, you know, it started with us and it was a suburb of Cleveland. I, I can't remember the actual name, but there was two that started this right off the bat. They're like, we're closing. And when I, we all first heard about COVID, it's just like, holy shit, the world's going to end and you're closing the damn hospital. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh my God, you know, the newsman's telling me that everybody's going to die unless you have a hospital. And now you're closing the only one in the area. Um, you know, we found out oh my God. wasn't exactly true about COVID. Right. But, um, still, you know, it was very, I mean, the first, the first thing I thought was, okay, what do I got to do? You know, so I had meetings with these guys, the CEO of the hospital, you know, he took the time to talk to me, um, their lawyers, you know, and it, it kind of 
it kind of drove me nuts because you guys, you have these guys that are Harvard uh, lawyers and uh, businessmen and doctors, and they look at me, they're like, hey, can you, uh, can you make a plan to reopen the emergency room? I'm like, I, what? Like, no, I work in the, tra- I work in construction, you know, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not qualified for that, you know? So it was kind of eye opening on how, how the medical system or the medical field works. I was, uh, I was just shocked by it, you know, that, uh, you're just, you're a payment to them. You're, they don't care. You know, I'm sure the individual doctor cares, your doctor that you have a relationship with cares about you. But at the end of the day, it's the accountant with his hand out saying, hey, you owe me, you know, so. X amount of money. And it's right. funny, too, because even putting COVID aside, like your family lives in this town. Obviously, my family lives in that town. So what if we had a heart attack? What if we had a stroke like that's and we have what, 45 minutes, obviously, to the closest hospital. That's very rough on families. Yeah. And well, the nice thing is um, I have reached out. I've been working with the uh, ambulance service and, you know, I asked these same questions. Okay. I'm like, what if, what if one of my loved ones is having a heart attack and they're like, we can give them the proper medicine. We are an ALS unit ambulance, advanced life support ambulance where we can, unless it's the big one, you know, where there's no coming back from, um, they can um, slow the process down. Uh, to get you to the hospital, you know, and, um, you know, the nice thing is that we still, we took over the helicopter pad. So if it is that bad, we can get a helicopter here. There's still a time frame of 20 to 30 minutes. Um, but I have learned it's called the golden hour in, uh, with paramedics. If you can get treatment within that golden hour, there's a high, higher percentage that the chance you're going to live. Um, so that was kind of eye opening, but still like, I think an hour for a heart, if I'm having a heart attack, I sure as hell don't want to wait a fucking hour. <laughs> yeah, no, it's free game. It's free okay. Game. An hour for an ambulance to come pick me up, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're kind of working, I, I've been working on forming a district with more of a municipality runs ambulance service instead of using a private, uh, business because a private business can say, Hey, we want more money. And what are you going to do? You have to pay them. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, municipality-based ambulance service is more grant-oriented. Uh, we get more funding from the government. So, and, you know, that's another thing that I'm fighting with these old geezers about uh, and these other towns and my own council saying, hey, you know, you guys are needed ambulance before I will probably. So you might want to, like, start moving forward with this. So <laughs> it's just. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that's why they, I don't think they care for me much because I'm blunt. I just tell them how it is. Uh you know, the constituents love it because they like, oh, you know, we finally got a guy that will say what's on his mind. But uh, so, that you know, that's kind of where I'm at. And that's where the, you know, just one of the struggles I have, you know, going on as mayor. So are you uh, going to run again? You don't think so, huh? I don't think so. No, I, you know, actually, I know I shouldn't say I don't think so. I'm not going to run again. Um, you know, I have uh, a full-time job. Plus I'm the mayor. Plus I'm a full-time college student with two young kids and a wife. So, you know, mm-hmm. I can't, I, I really can't, uh, I, I, I just can't do it. You know, it's, it is kind of overwhelming at times. Uh, there's nights where I only get a couple hours of sleep because I'm working on a grant or trying to do something. Um, I, I just seek perfection in it. And like, it, it's almost like an OCD. Like I cannot go to sleep or I cannot rest until this certain project is done. So it's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at with it. So now I don't, uh, I know I'm not going to run again. Well, shit, Jerry, you ought to just run for president because I'd vote for you. (laughs) I appreciate that. You know, I had a lot of people uh, come up to me and want me to run for the uh, state Senate seat, Um, you know, fundraisers and everything like that, just because, you know, they're, I've gotten into it with our own gov, with Ohio's governor, DeWine. And, uh, you know, I told him, hey, you know, we need help down here. Uh, it's not just the big cities. You know, I know we're a small town, but, you know, we have people dying. Uh, literally, people are dying because of an ambulance can't get to them. You know, and I, I don't know about your state, but in Ohio, ambulances are not essential. Fire department is, but not an ambulance. So you don't have to have an ambulance service in your town. So that's kind what of another... Hell? What in the fuck sense does that make, Jerry? I I know. 
And uh, I, I know it has to do with the, you know, with the insurance companies. Uh, so you can have homeowners, uh, a decent rate on your homeowners that you have a fire department to save your house. Yeah. So, so you might not burn to death, but you'll just, you know, slip and fall in the shower and just <laughs> concussion, stroke, heart attack. Like, right, but right. you won't burn to death. The fire right. death is, you know, covered, but right. anything else that could happen. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's another thing. Like I wanted to lobby towards, uh, through a couple of the state committees. Um, but it's tough because they, you know, if you don't have that money they're you know, you, they're not going to waste the time on you. You know, you basically have to write a big check to their fundraiser, um, to get an appointment with them. And that's, that's the thing that kind of aggravates me about the, the whole pol- politics thing. So. What if the people are like, Jerry, 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 and they make you run again? No, no, because I actually told my oldest daughter, I said, uh, if I ever, if I come to you and I say, hey, daddy's going to run for mayor again, I want you to punch me as hard as you can in the nose. Like, and of course, oh my, my, youngest, <laughs> my youngest is like, I'll do it too. I said, okay. You know, so, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that, that want me to run again that are happy because we, you know. We've had so many grant programs come through to help local businesses um, that I'm, I'm actually pretty proud of. You know, I worked pretty hard on it. And this grant program saved some of the local businesses in town from the uh, unintended consequences from COVID that were passed down from the uh, state restrictions that we had. Um, so it, it was it was it, it was a great feeling to actually like, holy shit. For once, I see mm-hmm. politics working, you know, and it's just like helping the small business. So that that was uh, that was pretty cool. And that's what, you know, these business owners haven't forgot that, you know, and I told them I, I'll always have your guys back. It's just not in a position as mayor, you know, so that's that's kind of where that's at. You knowing what you know now with COVID, everything going on in the conspiracy world. I have to now ask you a question about your other job. Okay. Do you know any biscuits and gravy details about fluoride in the water? Do you know uh, if it's in there for your town? Uh, it is, yes. Oh, not in Andover, but at the, at the company I work for, yes, we do put fluoride in the water. Can you explain why in the world they want to put it in there? Basically, you know, fluoride has been used since the early 1900s as uh, when it first was uh, established. I want to say, don't quote me, I want to say in Illinois is where they started it. And um, it, basically for tooth decay because of, you know, basic water, just constantly drinking tap water will have an effect on your teeth. There's, uh, you know, we try to keep the pH in the middle. But, you know, with the um, certain minerals in there, it, it will decay your teeth. And it, it's basically for kids. Um, it really doesn't have an effect on adults. Uh, it's mainly for, like, that developmental uh, for tooth decay. But, um, yeah, you know, I've had a lot of people come up to me and, you know, say, oh, you guys are you guys are trying to do mind control with fluoride and everything like that. I said, listen, I can't even keep my own shit together. I'm not going to worry about your guys, <laughs> you know, your guys and stuff. Like if you've seen the people that I work with, like we have no, no rhyme or reason or right to try to control you guys on what you do. You know, if I didn't have any control, it'd be the people to pay their water bill. So I don't have to shut their water off and get, get called all kind of names in their front yard. You know, um, you know, that's, <laughs> that's basically where I'm at with it. You know, it's, uh, I, I don't know too much about fluoride, to be honest with you, because I work in the distribution side. I'm that guy that shuts your water off if you don't pay your bill. I'm that guy that uh, is out in the middle of the night in wintertime fixing the water main breaks. So I really don't, I don't work on the treatment side of it, but uh, we do have quite a few people stop us and, you know, say, you guys are putting this in the water. You guys are putting this in the water. And It's like, it's not you putting it in the water, but it may technically be in there. It's just not out like in your realm of like what you're responsible for right right yeah you know in the you know the epa is pretty strict with us as you probably you know probably tell um people will always come up to us and say you know water should be free you know it should be a a right that is given to us it it is 
you can go down to the lake or the river and get a bucket of water and drink it. I don't recommend doing that, but you have every right to go down and get free water wherever you want. You know, this is delivered to your house where you can turn your shower on, turn your faucet on and drink it. You know, I've drank tap water my entire life. Um, I've never had an issue with it. So, I mean, but on the treatment side, I really can't, uh, I can't tell you much because that's not my, uh, that's not my dojo really. Yeah. Because I mean, I talk to all different kind of people on my podcast and some people say the fluoride's killing us. It's calcifying our brains and it's slowly. And some people like yourself will say, well, it's always been in tap water. It's for the teeth. And it's so I do find that there are two communities that are constantly going at each other. Is the fluoride killing us or not? Maybe not even killing us, but just like it's calcifying something in our brain, the uh, the pineal gland in our brain. And so I was curious to see what your opinion on it was since you kind of work with, you know, the guys. Yeah. I mean, basically there's, you know, it, it depends on what region of the United States you're in. Um, my company's all over the country and, you know, down in Texas, the water is treated different than it is in Ohio. You know, uh, there's different, different chemicals we put in to make the water drinkable to EPA standard. Um, you know, the biggest thing is turbidity and what turbidity is with the water is we can't supply you water if it, um, if, if it's not filtered enough. So if it's not filtered enough, we literally have to dump it out because, um, you know, sometimes we used to get our supply from Lake Erie and sometimes that lake gets turned up from storms. So if there's, you know, if it doesn't meet a certain requirement, you know, uh, we have to dump it. You know, there, there's there's nothing we can do about it but waste the water or dump it back into Lake Erie, you know. And but, yeah, I, I can say there's a, I've in my experience have run into a lot of people that have tried to question me. It's just like. You know, there's no reason for fluoride. And no, there, there's you don't need fluoride in the water because there's certain municipalities that don't run fluoride because of the cost. Um, of so it. it's costing them. That's that's the funny part to me. It's like usually, just like you said about the emergency room, if it costs them anything, they won't do it. So it's right. costing them to add the fluoride. So it's like, what agenda do you have where you want to pay extra to put this chemical in our water? You know what I mean? So there are certain conclusions you can draw based on like some of their choices. Like, okay, I know this is a free country, but nothing in this country is free. So why are you giving me tap water where you've got to pay extra to put this chemical in? And some people say that it's on purpose and, you know, are you drinking tap water? Like, are you getting a cup, putting it under the faucet in the sink and just chugging it down? Or are you having bottled water? Yeah, I'll, I'll do tap water um, just because I know, you know, the source of where it comes from. Both the town I live in, I'm actually in charge of the water uh, department here. And I work for a water company. Um, you know, it's it, there's what I tell people with that come at me with the, the fluoride is. You know, there's uh, the, the EPA, whether, you know, some people have mixed feelings about the EPA. Um, there's uh, a lot of smart people there who work really hard, you know. So I, I kind of talked to people. I said, you know, consider the source where the fluoride conspiracy comes from. You know, consider that. That, that. This is what I do, how I handle basically any situation. You know, I consider the source. I look for uh, verifiable evidence. I need proof you know, before I can believe something. That's just, that's just kind of how I am. The verifiable evidence, you know, I need reports and, um, you're an I'm analytical kind of, kind of guy. Yeah. And I, I'm like, I, I'm kind of like, I have to be aware of simple explanations. Like if somebody just says it's because of this, I need more than that. I need more of an explanation on why this is the way it is. That's just how I am, you know, and, uh, I, I don't, I don't see them wanting to poison or, or do anything with fluoride because basically I look at it like at any conspiracy, they make their money off us with tax, you know? So why are you killing your revenue? You know, I, I, I kind of, that's the kind of the way I look at it. There might be more to it. Like I said, there's, there's a lot, there's a, a lot of people that are a lot smarter than I am, <laughs> you know, but I just kind of <laughs> right, look at the basics but, of it, you know? Yeah. Um, I've drank top water my entire life. You know, it's, it's, 
and I drink well water once in a while. I'm like, oh, what the hell is that? You know, <laughs> just because I'm so used to the chlorine, you know, the, the chemicals that clean it. But, uh, you know, kind of that's that's where I'm at with that. You know, I, I really don't uh, I don't get into the I mean, I'm a conspiracy theorist and I'm not just saying it because I work for water companies. I'm in charge of a water company. But, you know, they I need more evidence than just, you know, somebody telling me, hey, they're they're trying to they're poisoning us. Well, yeah, you know, they're, you know, the magnesium in the water, calcium in the water, that's natural. You know, you look at your faucets and your shower heads, how they turn white, you know, that's, that's natural. That's why we soften the water uh, to try to try to take that away, you know. Uh, but back to your question about the fluoride for the extra cost, um, a lot of companies uh, go on a rate basis where they have a uh, PUCO and basically to get charge you more on your bill they have to prove like hey we're doing this extra for the people you know so it, it's kind of like a i don't know almost like not a bribe but like hey we're doing this give us more give us more of a rate so we can up the bills you know that's kind of mm -hmm. where that can come into play at um but yeah softening and fluoride are definitely an extra an extra you don't have to do it but in Ohio, I shouldn't say that all over the country. So uh, that's just from what I know in Ohio. We don't have really hard water out, you know, Texas, out west, out there is it's harder water. So uh, it's yeah. Scary. And I mean, like in Oklahoma, our water is tough. Our water has legs out here. <laughs> and, you know, it's like <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. But speaking of all of this in the water and all this. You have a story that I may or may not have butchered <laughs> about something that happened to you. I think you were turning somebody's water off or maybe you were turning their water on. Oh, and you know, it, was, it was like the old lady. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that I actually worked for a gas company before I went to the water company. I, uh, I was recruited to the water company, but, uh, it was when I worked for the gas company and, uh, you want me to tell the story? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So basically when you, when I worked for the gas company, my job was to, some people have inside gas meters, some people have outside gas meters. And part of my job was to go into this house. If your meter, if your gas meter was inside your basement, uh, what I had to do was, it was called verifying the meter. Basically, number one, you're making sure a fucker's not leaking. So blow up the house. Number two, you want to make sure the inside read matches the outside read. Uh, this is back in the day when you, to, you had to walk to each individual house to get a meter read instead of just driving down the road. So I pulled up to this house and it was a very nice house. I, I mean, it was beautiful and knocked on the door. Nobody's answered the door and I'm carrying a bunch of stuff. I'm carrying my gas detector, my clipboard. Uh, and I, I can't remember what else I had in my hand, but like I had to set it all down, knock on the door and nobody was answering. So I'm starting to get pissed off. So I reach down, I pick everything up and the door opens and this lady's just standing there. Doesn't say a word to me. She just got that pissed off look like you're here. You know, I had an appointment. So she like somebody knew I was coming. So she just opens the door and starts walking down the hallway. And I was just like, I just need to get to your basement. You know, it's, it is what it is. And she just pointed, said, okay. So I go down in the basement and I'm doing, I'm checking the leak. And I just verified the inside meter. So I was walking out back or back up the stairs and there was a police officer standing there and I knew him from working in the town. He's like, what the hell are you doing? I said, what the hell are you doing? He's just like, the alarm's going off. And I said, what? And just so much confusion. And I'm like, somebody, the lady let me in here. Well, then the owner of the home came, came home because he had the alarm. The cops got there. He's MFing me up and down. I said, listen, why the hell am I going to break into your house to work? I try everything in my power to get out of work. God forbid, I'm not going to break into your fucking house and work. <laughs> but, you know, and he's like, well, nobody would let you in here. I said, the lady let me in. He's like, and then he got like pissed off at me. And then his daughter shows up like, hey, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And like at this time, like my face is beat red because I'm thinking the, the only thing in my head, I'm getting fired. Like, because they're going to say I broke into this house to steal something or, or whatever. And he's, and he kept pounding me. He's like, who let you in? And I saw a portrait and I said, right there. And I pointed at the lady. I said, she's right there. She just walked down this hallway and the daughter starts bawling. 
And I'm just like, and I was just like, what the hell? Well, the lady had died a year previous to that. And I said, and I, I just felt like this, like hollow feeling in my throat and like that sweaty feeling. I was like, what the fuck? And he's just like, there's no way you would have got it in this house, you know, with the locks he had on the alarm system. So he ended up apologizing to me, but like, he wanted to talk to me more. And I said, I said, sir, I was kind of in a rush. I didn't like really know what I, I was just like working. I didn't think anything of it. You know, I said, this lady opened the door. She didn't say a word to me. She pointed down the hallway where the basement was. I went there and I never saw her again. I was greeted to by a police officer at the top of the stairs. So, and then he started getting choked up about it because he, you know, had claims his daughter had had sightings in the house. And he's like, you're crazy. There's oh. no such thing as that shit, you know. And he was really, really getting on her about it. And then that's why, like, she went all hysterical crying on me. And I'm like, oh, my God. And this whole time, like, I'm just like, my heart's like pounding out of my chest. I'm like, I just saw a fucking ghost. Like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, Jerry. But like, I'm like looking around for like the cameras. I'm like, I'm going to get punked or I'm getting pranked or something like that. And it never, I mean, it never happened. You know, the first thing I did, I got home or got to my truck and I called my wife. I'm like, dude, you will not believe. She's like, I'm busy. I'm like, you need to listen to me right now, dude. And I like explained it to her, you know, the story. And she's just like, shut up. I'm like, no, you shut up. You know, it's kind of a back and forth, but, but yeah, that was like really, you know, I've only had two ghost experiences really, but that one really took the cake because I mean, this woman was, she, I mean, I, I picture a ghost. I picture, you know, things through. yeah, this lady was as real as you and I are. And I'm just like, I was kind of like irritated because I'm like, this bitch won't even say hi to me, <laughs> you know, but she, <laughs> then I come to find out it's like, she's been dead for over a year. And like, I was sick to my stomach for the rest of the day. Like it was early in the morning. Oh like, my God. The whole day, like, I was just like, this didn't happen. And I didn't, like, I couldn't go tell my coworkers because they'd be like, you're full of shit, you know. And then it finally got out that one of the, the police officers that arrived told some of the guys I work with. And, you know, they were questioning me about it. So, you know, they kind of bullied me. They're like, oh, ghost stories and all that. And, but, yeah, that was uh, the realest shit. There was no, was there a temperature change? Did you get the chills? Was there any, it was just like looking at a normal person and just you walk down to the bit like there was no sign signal nothing like that spider tingle like something is up no i i didn't i honestly i didn't have anything i didn't get that until they said that she was dead and she'd mm. been dead and then that's when i got it but you know and it could have been because i had 10 appointments that day so i'm trying to rush and get as much stuff done as i can because my boss at the time was a huge asshole you know, so I'm like running. So there may have been, but I was just kind of in work mode, not thinking about it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, was it, it he was, gonna, it was like arrest you or something. The what? Like he like was he going to just arrest you for breaking and entering? Like they they were just thinking you were trying to steal stuff out of the house. Yeah, yeah, because the alarm, the silent alarm was going off, and um. You know, the, the front door was, was breached is what it said. And, uh, of course I'd shut it, but, um, yeah, that's the cop. Like it was one of those deals. It's like, I mean, we'd seen each other on a daily basis when I would go down and work, we would see each other. So he was just as confused as I was. I'm like, you live here. Like, what the hell are you doing here? You know? And, uh, and then when I seen his hand, you know, he had his gun on his hip. I'm like, what the, you know, what the fuck is going on? You know? And then he told me. <laughs> And then everybody started showing up and like, we're staying outside. But like I said, I, I didn't sense anything at the time. Um, like I said, the only thing that I was going through my mind was, man, this lady is kind of rude, but you know, I'm used to dealing with rude people. So it's just, it is what it is. Um, That's gotta but, be like top five best <laughs> ghost stories. And you weren't even scared at first. No, not at first. Yeah. I mean, I probably would cause I am a scaredy cat. So like, I probably would have been like, I would have ran out of the house, but uh, there was a lot of, like I said, I was just worried cause I just got this good job and like, we just bought a house. I'm like, so the only thing going through my mind is I'm getting fired because they're going to say that I broke into this house and it was like a ritzy, rich neighborhood. So it's just like, I knew they had better lawyers than I could afford. So I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> ah, my God. 
I'm screwed. Yeah. Yeah, That's what, that's the whole thing I was thinking of. And then like, once it hit me, like once it like, I'm like, holy shit, what did I just like? So I started like Googling stuff and like research as much as I could. You know, I I really didn't get anywhere with it, but I was still like, oh my God, man. Like, give me like the, like, yes. Yeah. So wait, if you have another ghost story, were you scared at the second thing you saw? Well, Did the, you know the, that was a ghost? The the other ghost story was actually my first encounter ever. Like, I didn't believe in any of it. I'm like, that's all bullshit, you know? And um, it was, I think I was a freshman in high school. And my parents were building a new house. And my grandparents had a duplex. So we were staying upstairs as we were building the house. And my grandfather had passed away. And um, he always wore like his signature bedtime attire was whitey tidies and a white wife beater shirt. That was his signature. Well, mm-hmm. he, had, he had passed away. And I want to say it was a couple days after the funeral. I'm laying in bed and, it, you know, people tell me it was like the sleep paralysis, but I roll over and I see him standing there in the hallway. And that's, that freaked me out. I'm like, Ooh, I couldn't even talk. I'm like, holy, what are you, you know, for those deals. <laughs> It's like every end of my parents' room. I'm, I'm 15 or 16 years old. I'm like, mommy, mommy, you know, it's just like, <laughs> I just saw, and then they're like, you're, you're out of your mind, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, and that, but that, like, I didn't sleep the rest of the night. Like, I'm like looking over there. I'm like, and my grandpa's name was Lester. I'm like, Lester, come on, man. Cause he'd always play pranks and, you know, jokes on people. I'm like, come on, dude. Like quit, quit messing with me. You want to talk to me? Come talk to me, you know? And, you know, I never had a, another sighting after that or anything, but just like to this day, like I got goosebumps just talking about it just because rolling over and waking up and seeing that I couldn't see his face, but I saw the outline and the, uh, the whitey tighties in the white wife beater. I was like, Oh my God. And it was just a couple days after the funeral. Yep. Yep. I mean, it was, uh, God. Yeah. That, that, that one still, that gave me the tinglys, the heebie jeebies, everything. And I'm like, how long did it last? It, was only seconds. A, it wasn't even that. I, I would say it was probably 10 seconds. I closed my eyes and opened them, but he was gone. Um, you know, it was it was super fast. But, like, the feeling, I, I've never felt it was uh, such feeling before. I was just like, oh, that was him checking on. You know, because every once in a while he would do that. He would check on us, you know. And uh, I always say, dude, I don't need you to check on me, you know, and everything like that. And that's, he, he did, you know. But, I, you know, I've never seen him again since. But, uh, yeah, I was just like, wow, like this, this shit's real. I'm like, I believe in goats now, you know, because I saw one, you know, there's the proof I needed right there. And nobody's going to tell me otherwise. Well, yeah. And then you go on to marry my cousin who is just seeing ghosts left and right. Yeah. You guys, you guys are full. I was like, oh my God. Like I thought I was cool. One ghost story. You guys got a hundred of them. I'm a king. I'm like, I got a notebook writing down. Like what happened? You know, it's like, oh, my Lord. But if I'm not mistaken, your mom and dad's house is where people keep seeing these imaginary friends, too. Yeah, yeah. They, my, my parents' house um, was built around an old racetrack from, like, the 1800s. And uh, if you look at my parents' backyard, it's like you can see the bank of the one end of the racetrack. That's what my dad uses as as part for his drainage and everything like that. And, uh, yeah, there have been a lot of sightings because, you know, kids that didn't have homes that were uh, fostered would go work at this racetrack. And and some of them died. You know, one was trampled by a horse. One was caught in a fire, you know. And um, my mom is so against anything. She doesn't let that shit in her house. Like, she's... She's not super religious, but she just does not want to deal with it, you know, and uh, she babysat um, the two neighbor kids. They were twins. And, you know, I-, I can't remember how it started, but the one the one started talking about an imaginary friend. We're like, OK, we all have an imaginary friend. Well, then, like, I was playing chess one day and she's like, I'll play. Now, this kid's five and she could play. I mean, like, she knew the moves. I'm like, who taught you this? my friend my friend and his name the name slipped in my mind right now but uh so then we're like all right so i talked to a guy that worked on the police department here who's a ghost hunter he's really big into it so he started doing some googling and the name matched her imaginary friend 
that of one of the kids that died on that property because the property. Oh split. my god! Yeah. yeah, so my mom like was just. I mean, she loves these kids to death. She loves them like their own, but she's like half tempted, like no, no more. Willie was the kid's <laughs> name. Will, Willie was his nickname. William was his real name, and uh, it matched. It. I can't remember the last name, but it all matched. And we're like, oh my god, what are the odds? And so I'm like, I see. I told you guys, ghosts are real. And I'm like, shut your mouth. Ta-da! You know, just like yelling at me, like they smack my ass, like I'm five years old, you know. And uh, but yeah, it was like it was so creepy. And the neighbor had saw a couple girls. Uh, they'd walk through the backyard, and it's his property, but he knew they were kind of younger. So he said, "Hey, you know, are you in? Do you need help? Because you're not like, what's what's up?" And they didn't say anything. They just walked away. So they called the cops. Well, the canine unit come out. And they couldn't get a trace of any scent or anything. So he's like, now I'm losing my mind, you know, because like I saw two kids walk in my backyard. I asked them if they needed help. So they do see a lot of images of kids. Like my mom won't talk about it. I'm sure my mom sees things, but she will not. She does not embrace that. She won't go there. No. Yeah, she will not go there. She's like, hell to the no. I'm not bringing this dark stuff into my house. Yep. Yep. And that's exactly, that's exactly it. She, uh. You know, she let the dead rest, you know, it's basically they, I don't bother them. They won't bother me, you know? And I said, well, I didn't bother grandpa. He showed up in my bedroom at two in the morning, scared the living shit out of me. So, you know, what's what's that about? She's like, that never happened. She's like, you're just full of shit. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm sweating in your bedroom at two o'clock in the morning as a 16 year old kid saying, mom, I need you. You know, that doesn't happen every day. So come on, dude. I feel like that you either believe it or you don't. Right, and right. on that same type of, you know, vibe with ghosts is the same way people feel about UFOs and aliens. Like either you believe it or you don't. And some people are like staunch, like there are no aliens, there are no UFOs, like because maybe they haven't experienced it for themselves. Right, right. But I think if I'm not mistaken, you saw a UFO too. Oh, I did. I did. Cause I didn't believe in any of that myself, you know, and uh, we were kids and it was, I was uh, eight years old and there was where my parents lived. There was a water tower yard. We called it. It had the water tower in it and the uh, maintenance, the pumps, you know? So as kids, all the neighborhood kids, we would play, it was like a three or five acre property. We'd all play and hide in. And um, so we were playing cops and robbers and I was hiding behind like a well pump. It was this little, little thing out in the middle of the field, but I was hiding behind it. It was dark. And I'm like thinking to myself, man, they're not going to find me. They're not going to find me. And I could hear there was a mercury light buzzing on the building. I was that close to the building. I remember hearing that. I remember hearing my friends. And all of a sudden, like the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I shouldn't say hair. It was probably peach fuzz at, at that age, but <laughs> I felt something. It was the first feeling I've ever had. Like something is what the hell? And I turn around, I look up and I saw it. And now that I know how tall water towers were, it was probably about a hundred foot off the ground. When I saw it, it was, uh, it was a disc. It had lights on it. And that's where I had like this, that feeling of, like, Oh my God, what the hell is that? Cause there was no drones back then. This was in 95, I think. Yeah, I bet you, I think it was around 1995. And, um, you know, it it didn't make any sound. It was it was just there. And I didn't tell anybody about it because I'm like, you know, I'm so full of shit all the time. I tell like the boy who cried wolf is me. When I was a kid, like I would tell they called me Jerry Talltale (laughs) because I would just tell the most elaborate stories. So I'm like, nobody's going to believe me. That night I was done playing with my friends. I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to bed. I'm done. It's a Saturday night. I don't care. And I remember like looking out the window, like looking up to see if I could see it again. I mean, but that was the only experience I've ever had with the UFO, uh, you know, that I, I had, I had seen one and it's the same thing with the ghost. No one's going to tell me otherwise. Like I know what I saw. Yes. I was a little kid, but it was just like to have that feeling of like needles under the armpits and like the hair on the back of my neck stood up and, you know, it didn't make a sound and it, before I knew it was gone, you know, and, uh, like a blink of an eye type of like quickness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was gone as fast as I saw it. And, um, but it was so, I just remember the size of it because the biggest thing we saw as kids in our town was the water tower. It's 120 feet tall. And it's like, this thing's massive. And this, this 
UFO that I saw. It was just like hovering 20 feet, you know, below the top of it, of the water tower. And it had lights, but it wasn't making a sound. It was the, it was the circle or the disc type. It wasn't the uh, pyramid looking one, but, uh, you know, as soon as what the color, hit, can you recall like the color of it or, or was it it's been so long? Probably the lights, not. the lights on it were blue. That's what they was were blue. Was, okay. was blue. And, um, I remember seeing a red light and that's what, like when I did talk to people later on, they're like, Oh, that was an airplane. I'm like, no, it wasn't an airplane. It wasn't making right. any noise. You know, it wasn't, yeah. but that's why I didn't tell people because people are so weirded out about it. They're like, Oh, you're just a hippie conspiracy theorist. It's like, I'm fucking eight years old, man. I'm like, I don't know any better. Like I tell you what I saw. So, but yeah, I didn't, I, I refrained from telling anybody. I don't think I told my mom about yeah. it while I was older because I'm like, nobody's going to believe me. Like what I just saw, no one's going to believe me what I just saw. So, mm-hmm. but she asked, she knew, she remembered that night. She's like, I just thought it was weird. She's like, I thought you got in a fight with one of your friends or something. Cause you were just done playing. You went to your room on a Saturday night in the summer and you went to bed. I'm like, cause I was terrified. I'm like, holy shit, man, this is real. You know? And, yeah. Yeah. So. It's like one of those come to Jesus moments. Right, right. And then we watched Independence Day, and I think, I think that came out in 1995. So, like, the whole time, I'm like, we're going to drive in. I'm not even watching the damn movie. I'm, like, looking up in the sky. I'm like, I know this shit's real. Guys, I'm telling you, you guys think this is all games. Oh, but- my God, Jerry. Oh. Do you know what's so crazy about you saying that and not even knowing what you just said? The uh, one time I saw a UFO, I was at the drive-in in Ohio. Really? Yes, that no is way. crazy you said that just like off the cuff <laughs> <laughs> oh that is awesome yeah because i was looking up the whole time i remember i i want to say independence day was playing at the drive-in yeah because i would just kept looking up and i'm like my mom's like you're gonna watch the movie i'm like oh i know it's real you know it's like I know. oh yeah so they put a lot of stuff into movies anyway too because i've been like re-watching all like the old men in black movies and like there's so many little like easter eggs in those but yeah. so do you think it's aliens do you think it's us from the future do you think it's interdimensional like just if you were gonna throw out like your best guess i think it uh, you know to, for me to to think you know if they're that far advanced than we are um you know even a hundred thousand years more advanced than us um I don't know if it's necessarily the actual being or if it's their conscience that is, is uploaded to a computer, you know, there's a lot of these, and, and I'm going to botch this, but are, are uh, gravity propelled. That's what they're thinking the way they they've seen these. So their technology is uh, far, obviously far more advanced than ours is. Um, I, I do believe there there's more out there. I mean, especially with the James Webb telescope taking that picture. I mean, that just puts everything into perspective. They, that tiny little picture how much is out there, uh, how long we've been around. So, you know, listen to certain physicists talk uh, and, and astrophysicists that it's, it, it is possible just because we don't understand the physics doesn't mean it's not out there, you know, that, uh, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I do believe, I, I think it's, it's people that have, or people or aliens that have better technology than we do are able to travel, you know, uh, like after listening to, you know, podcasts with Bob, uh, Bob Lazar or, on it and talking about the technology they had 40 years ago you know it, it's it's kind of hard to debate it anymore you know before it was just oh put your tinfoil hat on and and keep talking but now it's like you know when the government says yeah they're, they're out there we don't know who they are or what they are but they're out there that kind of <laughs> tells you right there it's like yeah, yeah. There's, there's something going on you know the government finally come out and said yeah we are following these things so but it was right in the middle of covid so everybody was like who gives a shit i gotta wear this freaking mask eight hours a day right right. (laughs) me i was just like i was telling the guys i work with like, you see this stuff they're like yeah we don't there was the same thing like yeah we don't care i'm like oh my god i've been waiting since i was eight years old you know it was kind of like that like (laughs) from the life moment i was like yes i knew it yeah <laughs> I was like, I caught you fuckers. I was so excited. Like when they finally like said something. I they admitted it. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I was thrilled. 
So, but you know, until until they actually like do a Project Blue Beam or something, and they bring an alien out and show it to us, I feel like a lot of people are just going to be like, ah, eh, whatever. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. I, I think it has a lot to do with they're afraid of of what what it'll do to a religion. I don't know. I've heard a lot of people talk about that. How you know what what is it going to do to religion if we find there's other life out there? Um, you know, and religion is still a huge thing. Even though you know our, our day and age, a lot of people aren't as active in with the church as they were with like our parents' age and everything like that. But you know, I, I have read some articles about you know the fear of damning religion. You know, proving that I don't know what it would prove because if you believe your God created the earth, you know, in the heavens, you know, he, he created that too. So I, uh, I just, I don't, uh, I, I think they, they could do more, you know, without harming anything, especially in this day and age. Yeah. That's just my thoughts on it. So I have a random question. Already. Do you, are, are you can a conspiracy theorist to the max where you think we're on a flat earth? Or do you think we're on a ball earth? I, I think we're on a ball earth just because my boy, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, I, I kind of, I follow him like a, uh, a girl who used to follow NSYNC or uh, Backstreet Boys back in the day. Like he's oh my goodness. <laughs> like, he's my man. Like I listen to his podcast. Anytime there's a new episode, I listen to it, you know? So I kind of go off what, you know, he says, uh, he's probably, I mean, one of the smartest guys I know. I absolutely love him. I, I would love to meet him someday, but I don't think, I don't believe in the flat earth thing just because of that. And that's where I go back to, you know, the source. Uh, this man has studied uh, astrophysics his entire life. Um, he gets pretty pissed off when people talk about the moon landing being fake. Um, you know, oh, he'd hate me. <laughs> well, yeah. His, his, basically, his, you know, his thing was uh, the amount of money that was thrown at the program. And, you know, that's the only thing that I kind of like, well, I've seen a lot of stuff that shows otherwise that, you know, that was just basically a, a space race to beat Russia, you know, and they want to do anything they could to make us look better than Russia, you know, during that Cold War and everything. So I'm still I'm still on the fence. I, I still feel that it could have been faked. Um, but that, I guess that is the one thing I disagree with them on that. Uh, OK, good. So we can still be friends then because I'm yep. you know me, I'm like, nope. We never did it. Totally fake, fake ass shit. Like, right. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, there's a reason I have a podcast and it's to talk to people who have all different types of mindsets on this stuff. Because when you get in an echo chamber and it's like everything that I believe you believe and you're just feeding it back to me, like there's no point in that. Right, there's no right. point in that. Not having a discussion, talking things out, like getting other people's perspective on things like that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. And I wish more people in this world thought like you did because that, you know, and it goes with politics or, you know, you're not going to find, you're not going to get everything you want. It's all about compromise, you know, and uh, have an open mind. You know, I, I never really had an open mind until I think I was about 16 and I tried pot for the first time. And I'm like, whoa, it's really, <laughs> wow. You know, people talk about DMT changing your life, but I was like, pot really like I started thinking about a bunch of stuff out there, you know so I mean I, I obviously can't do it now but you know it's yeah, when I did do Mayor. It. <laughs> but uh yeah no I uh I it, it just blew my mind that I'm like that's no wonder this shit's illegal they don't want us to think with an open mind they just want you to go to work pay your taxes and die you know, and then it reminds start. me of um, Pineapple Express when he's like down in the underground military base and they're like, illegal. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And actually, like, I, you know, I, I had smoked with a buddy and we watched that. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, it was like a, <laughs> oh my God. This is, that's what it is. You know, we were dead set on it. And, uh, you know, I may have been kind of ignorant to people talking about certain things. I'm like, yo, you don't know. My mind's open. Your mind's closed, blah, blah, blah. But it's, I've learned to just shut up and listen to people and talk, you know, get both sides. <laughs> yeah. Of it, you know? yeah, get both sides. Yeah. yeah. But now it is time for the honorary question. Already? Mr. Mayor, what is your favorite scary movie? 
favorite scary movie? Probably anytime Joe Biden's on TV. That's pretty scary. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Since you brought that up, I have to ask you a question because I <laughs> just had someone on and they asked me if I had heard about Joe Biden farting in front of not only the Pope, but he farted in front of Camilla, who is uh, in the royal family, you know, Charles' new wife. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Cornwall. I guess he just went right up to her and lifted his leg and just ripped ass right in front of her. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't doubt it. I mean, for oh, crying out loud! I mean, that's I, we can go in that to another another podcast, but like, I, I think we got to have a freaking age limit on the presidency. I mean, even you know, I'm like, come on, you know, there's there's I mean, that is some goofy shit, right? Yeah, there. yeah, you know, and that's what we you know argue. Guys at work will argue back and forth. I'm like, you guys put Paul in there now, you know, take care of it. You know, it's like you put him in that position. I'm like, good lord. You know, I, I, yeah. I love my grandma to death, but I couldn't see her on that stage. She doesn't have a filter. Like, she just lets it out. I'm like, grandma, mm-hmm. you know, so. But, no, I, I've seen some clips with him talking to the Pope, and every, it's like, oh, my God. I guess he borderline shit his pants in front of the Pope. Oh, I knew there was there was an article I saw that the Secret Service has diapers and, like, extra clothes for I that. saw that, too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's just like, man, it's. He's just walking around with six turds in his diaper. (laughs) It's like, oh my God. Yeah. So I agree. That's a scary movie. Okay. Okay. But But I would have to say, I have to go back. A movie that scared the living crap out of me because I started hunting as a young kid was the Blair Witch Project. Right. Yeah. Even though you never, you, you didn't see anything, it was just the idea of something being in the woods. And I remember being like eight or nine and going hunting with my uncles. And they're like, oh, go sit in that deer stand, boy. Like, okay. <laughs> I sit in a deer stand. It's pitch black. The sun's not out. Like, I'm hearing all this stuff in the woods. I'm like, oh, my God, it's the Blair Witch. He's going <laughs> to, you know, so yes. I have to say, like, that's probably, I don't know. That movie's still to this day. I should have been watching it, you know, but uh, I, I would have to go with that. I know it's kind of corny, but uh, that's that's probably what I'd have to pick. Are you a longtime horror fan? Not really. Um, my mom kind of traumatized me. Uh, my mom is the greatest oh, one I know. But we watched It when I was younger at my aunt's house who lived right across the street from us. And as we were walking back to our house, she grabbed me and put my head down by the sewer drain and said, He's, come get him, come get him. And like, so I'm like, what the f- This clown's going to get me? You know, I just, you guys maybe watch this shit, you know? So kind <laughs> of. <laughs> And my mom still, like, feels bad about it to this day. Like, I'm 35 years old. I'll bring it up to her. I'm like, hey, remember that time you held my head by a sewer drain and told me the clown was going to get me, you know? And she's like, shut up. Shut up. That was a, shut up. Oh, <laughs> but, my God, Jerry. Oh, yeah, no. That's that was uh, That would have, like, traumatized kids nowadays. They would have been able to function. I was like, okay, well, I'm just not going to walk by a storm drain, you know? And, uh, but, yeah, no, I'm not a, I'm not a big horror fan. Um, I, I, I don't mind them. But, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, not really not your go-to. Yeah. I know my wife doesn't really care for him. So I don't, uh, your cousin doesn't care for him. So yeah, no, she (laughs) hates the shit out of him. So (laughs) I think the scariest thing we watch is stranger things. And she even does that a lot (laughs) during stranger things. It's just scared the shit out of me. So I can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true. It's like, I can't see, we don't sit next to each other on the couch because like she does that thing. And I'm like, Jesus, you're scaring the shit out of me. Like I knew something was coming. I still got scared because she's jumping. So. Oh my God, Jerry. But I do want to say thank you so much for coming on. And do you want to uh, plug anything where people can find you? Want to, you know, stay off the grid. I'm off the grid. Yeah. I, uh, I just got Facebook back because of a college course made me. Um, okay. so I thought so, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. I would like to, you know, I just want to say that, like, we're all proud of you out here. I love the fact you're doing this. You, you know, I get Thank so excited you. for people that you know are, are able to live out their dream and, and do this extra thing. Uh, you know, I just want to tell you that that we are so proud. I'm so ecstatic for you. So, Jerry, you are the best, and that's the same way I felt when you were like, "I'm mayor." I was like, oh my God. <laughs> 
like I'm so proud of him. So well, no, it I appreciate that. It turned out to that. be a nightmare, but I was still very proud of you. So I appreciate that. Thank you. It was a, it was an honor to be on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. And to all my listeners, thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next one.